This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Let us take you on a journey. Misadventures in Sound with Vicky and Amanda. We'll tell stories and create connections with your new favourite sounds, including New Zealand faves and rarities. We're just two music geeks trying to make our way in the world, and we're taking you along for the ride. Misadventures in Sound, 7pm every second Saturday on ORFM Dunedin and podcast from oar.org.nz. Kia ora. Tēnā koe e hoa. It is August. It is. And you're on Misadventures in Sound. Yeah, I can't believe this is our eighth show for the year. I know, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that you've been hearing us eight times this year. <laughs> I feel like we only had our meeting yesterday when we decided to plan what we were going to do for our shows. I know, well, years do go by faster as you get older. They do. They say. Yes, anyway. we have a song today that actually celebrates that. We do. We do. We, we do. Yeah. We do. That wasn't a very good segue, though. So let's, <laughs> no. yeah. So you are on Misadventures in Sound on ORFM with Vicky and Amanda. And today we are taking you down the misadventure in the prog rock sound. Yes. Yeah. It's long. It's intense. Yeah. It's prog. Yeah. So forewarning, <laughs> the songs that we have chosen, most of them are over four minutes long. Um, some of them are around the six to seven minute mark. So, yeah. yeah. So just be prepared. Yep. I'd say get a cup of tea, put your feet up, have a good listen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we do the whole hippie thing. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to start with the Beatles, A Day in the Life, because, um, I mean, a lot of us will know, not everybody will know, that uh, Pink Floyd were hanging around when um, the Beatles were doing Sgt. Pepper, and there was a lot of um, uh, inspiration, obviously, coming from what they were doing with The Day in the Life in the studio. And so, and also because this Sgt. Pepper was the was supposed to be the album that toured for the band. And so it was a proper studio album, which is how mm. that whole, you know, that, that's when that concept sort of started. So I wanted to, I wanted to do the Beatles. I know they're not the first prog rock, I know, well. but... Yeah, but it, but to me, um, it is a classic, and I think it really kicked off a lot of bands and inspired that you can do things that are different. Doesn't have to be that three minute do wop. My baby loves you, or no, my baby loves you. I love my baby. That sounds a bit more likely. Yeah, my baby loves me. Yeah, my yeah. baby loves me. That yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, kind of so thing. and and of course, um, a lot of the songs that we've got are epic. Uh, you know, their stories. Um, or you know poems attached to music, that kind of mm. thing. So that's what we really want to celebrate today. But you had some info around Sergeant Pepper. You were going to share. I was more around prog. You know, just yep. um, talking about the definition of prog because it's one of those genres which the definition is uh, always a bit blurred. So causes Rob- fights. Causes fights. It does cause <laughs> fights. Along there's a few others as well. Um, Rob Burns. Um, if any of you know who Rob Burns is, he Poet? is. A local bassist. Oh, he, so not the poet. No, not the statue in the octagon. No, not the statue right. in the octagon. Okay. Rob Burns is a local bassist. Um, he has worked on some amazing things in his career, uh, including the Blackadder theme. He was uh, one of the session musicians behind the Blackadder theme. Cool. Um, yeah. So he's been an academic and a working bass player in New Zealand for quite a while. And he mm. wrote uh, the book a couple of years ago called "Experiencing Prog Rock." And he defines it as, or he says it is defined uh, defined by virtuosity. It's about musical curiosity, invention, and not being tied down to the norms of pop and the genre um, 
it takes elements from folk and jazz and pop and classical music and it integrates them into the rock format and it's where music became expansive uh, and some think it did start with Sgt Pepper um, it waned post-punk I mean obviously there's those mm. uh, t-shirts that Sex Pistols were wearing I hate Pink Floyd mm. um, but it does still continue in a lot of places and people like Steve Wilson and uh, Bjork and a number yeah. of others are still considered to be working in mm. the prog rock arena. Mm. Not Bjork all the time, but some of her material is definitely progressive. Well, that's the argument I had with my husband before when I was when I was sorting out the songs that we were going to play mm. for t- for tonight. And um, because he argued, because I've got a, I've got a Queen song and I've got a Muse song. Oh, Muse isn't prog rock. The thing is, is that there are a lot of bands that have a lot of prog rock elements to mm. their music. They don't just have to be prog rock. Or it could get boring. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and it's the same with Led Zeppelin. Like, I consider Stairway and Cashmere to be really prog rock. But not all of their songs are like that. Trampled Underfoot would not be considered prog rock. It's funny, I wouldn't consider Led Zeppelin uh, prog because they've got too many riffs. They're more hard rock for me. But then again, they do take elements of prog in terms of the mythology that they talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we should start playing Yes, we should, because if we just sit here and talk about it, we're not going to hear any music. <laughs> so, um, here we go. So, obviously from uh, Sergeant Pepper, um, one of my very favourite songs in the whole wide world, no matter what, no matter what happens, I kind of want it played at my funeral. A day in the life. It kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, here we go. Here's the Beatles for you. He didn't notice that the lights had changed A crowd of people stood and stared They'd seen his face before Nobody was really sure he was on the house of army had just won the war A crowd of people turned away But I just had to look Having read the
waking up, I noticed I was late. Found my coat and grabbed my hat. Made the bus in seconds flat. Found my way upstairs and had a smoke. And somebody spoke and I went into a dream. funny story about this last note it's so epic fine final it's got a finality about it and it's just devastating it is there anyway. there it it has been replicated in particular songs mm-hmm. um badly oh uh, i don't want to say badly but um i wonder if you're gonna hear the dog whistle at the end of this one probably not probably not no we might no, this is remastered. Oh, there was something. <laughs> anyway, um, so at the end of a uh, Muse song that I'm not going to play, I'm playing Butterflies and Hurricanes tonight, but um, I think it's at the end of um, Age of... Oh, is it Age of... Hang on, let me think about this. The name It's on, a, it's on the Resistance album. Um, and yeah, they, tr- they wanted to do the same thing where they wanted to have the, all the keys banged so it sounded like the end mm. of the world. And so they did the same thing. And then on Rocket Man, they did the same thing. Um, they, I think they used the end of the day in the life, which they had sort of artistic license to because Giles Martin was doing the music anyway. Um, when you saw Elton sort of at, the, at his very bottom, mm. bottom pit. So, um, yeah, it has been replicated, and it's probably even replicated more than, than I realise, I would say. it's just It was just one of those sounds that the Beatles were probably, like, everyone was probably like, oh, you're mad, you're mad. And then everyone does it in their own way. Because it was the four of them on the piano, wasn't it? And I they, think so, yeah. And they had to try and get the the octaves and the chord done at the same time, and it never worked. It, that was what take. 13 or something? I think so, but Mel Evans, you could hear him, you could hear him talking backwards, I think. Yeah. No, for, it was forwards. He was counting everybody in. Yeah, you could hear that, and they left. They kept it in because why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good on them. Anyway, what are we gonna do next? Let's go from 
British prog to New Zealand prog. Now, New Zealand prog's an interesting thing Mm. because everyone goes, was there New Zealand prog? Mm. It's, you know... We were more punky, really, weren't we? Post-punk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite an interesting thing. It's like New Zealand disco. There is virtually no New Zealand disco. Oh, yeah, but there's know. a lot of funk and soul, as we did oh. on our wonderful disco show um, last year. <laughs> anyway, by the by. Uh, so we are going to play a couple of uh, prog rock tracks, um, even some local flavour as well, which is uh, really cool to, to do. But my first one's going to be Split Ends because you can't do a prog show without playing Split no. Ends. They, uh, have, they have inspired so many bands. Yep, yep. And they had so they were quite inspired by Genesis at the start of their career. Cool. Um, obviously, there was a the glam stuff that was coming in. I, there's also music hall and vaudeville and that kind of stuff coming in in their costumes and just in the presentation. But prog mm-hmm. was a big thing. So on the Mental Notes album, 1975, that is where you will find most of their prog material. I mean, Split Ends have there's the argument that Split Ends, you know. Post-1980, we're a completely different band to mm. pre-1980. Yeah. But when you look at it, you can see them changing in every album and you can see them getting closer and closer uh, from going from prog to um, sort of moving towards more theatre pop and mm. then becoming very avant pop. And then with True Colours, that's, that's where they become a, a major pop band. Mm. But on this one, on Mental Notes, they're absolutely a prog Slightly glam ish mm-hmm. band, but mostly mostly looking to uh, those bands in the UK. So, anyway, I'm going to play Under the Wheel from Mental Notes, um, sung by Phil Judd. Seven minutes, 48 seconds long. So, mm. settle back. You have some toast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll cook some toast. <laughs> have some toast and, yeah, listen to the glory of Phil Judd and Splendid's Under the Wheel. Oh, I should say that this mm. one is one of their songs which is inspired by Mervyn Peake's Gormenghast trilogy, which was a big thing at the time and also fed into that, that whole mythology, that whole literature idea behind that was coming through for a lot of musicians, especially in prog rock. Mm. So here we go. Um, this is another one which is inspired by Mervyn Peake. So Under the Wheel.
the wheel for all those years. Under the wheel for all those tears.
Wow. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That was incredible. I love the whole thing. Like, oh, it's, I'm lost for words. This I doesn't happen very often. I love that bit where Phil Judd screams, it's not fair. I yeah. Just, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It just appeals. Yeah. No, I I quite like the way that that ended as well. Like, it, it started off strong. It ended really strong. I mean, I can almost imagine it in, like, a stadium. That would be really wicked. Yeah, well, you know, 50th anniversary of Split Ends next year, so. Oh, I can't believe that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, 1972. Dude. End of oh. 1972. <coughs> anyway. We need to stop talking about years and how long ago they were. <laughs> because it just makes me panic. <sighs> okay, right. So, um, while What's we're next? sort of in the 70s, um, I've picked a song from the Queen Two album, not the greatest hits two, the second album that came out. That is the famous um, linear note of no song was used um, was no song was recorded using synthesizers, which is funny <laughs> because they did in the future. Yeah, um, yeah and I know that uh, when Queen Two came out, they were um, they were kind of that was when they were doing their real serious uh, experimentation in the studio to see what they could do, and of course it was that was predecessing um, A Night at the Opera uh, where they really went hard out um, but at the end of Queen 2 they've got um, a little tiny snippet of what is to come with Seven Seas of Rye which is quite cool that was a little, it was like an ad right. it was like this is what's next you know just you wait and see um, so I remember the first time I got the Queen 2 album I'd never really knew much about it um, at, at the time, this is a couple of years ago now, um, but again talking about time is not allowed anymore um, no. and it was like listening to a brand new album from my favorite band because I didn't know any of the songs a lot of the songs that you hear from Queen are basically Night at the Opera onwards yeah they're not the earlier ones yeah and occasionally you get Seven Seas of Rye yeah exactly but. so but in, in the whole song yep. so not just the snippet so um, what I want to do is because we've already had a little bit of um, mythology uh, within uh, that you've you've spoken about mythology within prog rock um, um, a lot of their songs were around goblins and um, fairies and and the, like the fairy tellers masterstroke and and the, um, yeah. I think there's the ogre the ogre opera or something like that um, <laughs> which I had to listen to and I thought wasn't really appropriate for ORFM um, not there wasn't any swear words it just didn't sound didn't have that sound that we were mm. kind of going for so I've chosen White Queen as it began because it really does have that um, proggy feel about it um, a lot of riffs, as you were talking about before, but I just wanted to bring that bring that in. There was a time um, in one of the interviews, uh, sorry, one of the reviews after Queen Two came out, um, that people were going on. We don't want another Led Zeppelin, um, <clears throat> and Led Zeppelin was a huge influence to, mm. for Queen at the time. And so I think that was when they went right. Okay, we need to go in a different direction, and that was when they started working on opera. So anyway, <clears throat> here we go. Before I get ahead of myself, we're actually running out of time because of prog rock and we're, we're talking so show. much about it. Um, so anyway, here we go. Here is a song you may not have heard before. Please enjoy, as much as I do, White Queen As It Began by Queen. Smiling down 
heard of that one before yeah different it is not as long as your usual progs no no but it's a good thing yeah yeah anyway let's keep moving on because otherwise we're going to run out of time to play all the songs we want to play we're gonna have to do a prog rock too probably yeah Yeah. definitely yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so i'm gonna play ragnarok okay 
So Ragnarok are a New Zealand band. I think they were Christchurch um, founded or um, based. But uh, the singer for their first album is Leah Malfred, and she she's a really amazing um, musician. Uh, she is from I'm not quite sure where she is, but she was from Central Otago, hmm. and um, she was the singer and songwriter. Um, and she actually won the the Silver Scroll in 1977. She was the first woman to win the Silver Scroll for her song uh, "Lavender Mountain." So, and then she went overseas and she wrote songs for Sheena Easton and a whole raft of other mm. famous people. And as far as I know, she's still there. But uh, she didn't really record much herself, I don't think. But um, on the first Ragnarok album, she is pretty much everywhere. Um, in fact, she is the vocalist, so of course she's everywhere on the first Ragnarok, al- Ragnarok album. But this is her song, Fire in the Sky. Cool. And this dates back to 1975.
That's so epic. That's another end of the world, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, we can't do a show for prog rock without Pink Floyd. So... We're, we all know how long these songs are going to take, so we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to sit here and talk about because most people know know about Pink Floyd. But have I ever told? I've told you the story about when I I, I um challenged somebody in England yes. about Pink Floyd. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is dedicated to him, whatever his name was. He's very cute. He had abs. Um. Okay. Right. So we. Yeah. So. Let's go with Pink Floyd, and the song is. Time and I guess it's because time is up that I'm just going to stop talking about it now. Thanks, New Zealand on air. You're awesome.
There we go. Classic. Yep. 
that was that was the song that we needed to play with prog rock. We did. If yep. you have just joined in, mm-hmm. you are on Misadventures in Sound with Vicky and Amanda, and we are doing prog rock tonight. Yeah. It's a prog show. Yeah. That honestly, we just don't have enough time for, so we will no. do another show uh, in the new year. I think so. Yep. I, think, I think we're going to have to. Yeah. So, okay, without further ado, what song would you like to play next? Well, I was thinking that uh, I have another Kiwi band, mm-hmm. but also I could play something a bit different or I could play a classic number. Okay, quick. Okay. Any, many, many, more. Let's play um, something a bit different. Okay. Okay, so we're going to play Bjork. Yay. Yay. Uh, this is a song called Features Creatures and it's off her Utopia album. And when you think of Bjork, you don't necessarily think prog rock automatically. No. But a lot of people have talked about how her work is progressive in mm-hmm. terms of how it, it goes through different styles and different genres and how she, even in the same song, she works through different things. Totally. Uh, and themes. So we're going to play Utopia. Okay. Uh, a song from Utopia, I should say. Um, and this, I'm not, this is an album from 2017. It's not one I'm really familiar with, but you always go on a journey within a journey with cool. within Bjork. So here's Features Creatures. Love, fear. 
Interesting ending. I think it was beautiful. Yeah, it was very interesting. Well, we that's all we've really got time for. So um, we're going to sign out with Muse, as you should, as we should, yes, but, as we should. Yeah, I mean, a million, ten, million and ten songs we could have picked from, but um, I have picked Butterflies and Hurricanes, and a lot of that uh, that song is basically t- a, a homage. Uh, to the butterfly effect but I think um, I don't want to waste time um, talking about it because you want to listen to it and our time is up so thank you very much for joining us we will probably try and do this again in the new year absolutely um, yeah because yep. it's been fun and um, but at the same it's been a learning curve yeah actually. it's been quite cool for both of us enjoyed it yeah, yeah absolutely so um, yeah and next next month we are celebrating women's suffrage celebrating and- Commemorating. Commemorating. That's the better word for it. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some cool songs for you then. Yes, we, Not sure which though. Well, it's... Uh, Mainly women from New Zealand. No, women from the 1970s. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, so there will be some New Zealand classics that you haven't heard for a while and some others. I've got some I've got some great ones lined up. I think um, I'm going to put the, the majority of the work is going to go on to you and I'll be <laughs> learning during this show but anyway let's go with uh with muse thank you for joining us thank you and for we tuning will, in yeah and we'll catch you on the flip side be safe Harera. change everything you are and everything you
revenge will surely Take you on a journey. Misadventures in sound with Vicky and Amanda. We'll tell stories and create connections with your new favourite sounds, including New Zealand faves and rarities. We're just two music geeks 
trying to make our way in the world, and we're taking you along for the ride. Misadventures in Sound, 7pm every second Saturday on ORFM Dunedin and podcast from oar.org.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.